I think we all have moments in life where we have a defining moment, a life-changing moment. You have them throughout life. I had one, in fact, in the eighth grade. It was amazing. I made the varsity wrestling team. True story. Now, I would love to tell you that I made it because I beat out six other kids to get the starting role, but the reality is no one else really weighed 98 pounds, so it was mine. But still, varsity, big deal. So I'll never forget a Saturday morning getting on a bus to go to my first tournament in White Lake, the White Lake Invitational. I'm on the bus with my teammates and the cheerleaders. It was awesome. And we get to the event and we're all on the wrestling mat working out and stretching and getting ready. And there's all the other teams and all the other cheerleaders. Did I mention there were cheerleaders? It was great. So anyway, so I'm getting a little nervous thinking about my first match. And when I get nervous, my, my stomach does, it's just, I had to go to the bathroom. Okay, let's just leave it at that. So I run to the bathroom and do that. And then I get out. But when I walk out, it was like, I just felt like a new person. Like I, there was, an, I had this aura and, and I could tell. It was like I was walking slow motion in a movie. You know how it is? Just like, and, and the cheerleaders look at me. I'm like, I got you. And, and the wrestlers are even looking at me. These guys, I'm like, you're going to get some of this, you know? They just, they just knew something I just, I had it. I don't know how to describe it. And I get back to my team and it's one of the senior wrestlers on my team says, hey, moron. I was like, yeah? And he, and he was like, uh, you have toilet paper stuck to the bottom of your shoe? I'm like, oh. So I looked down, not, not like a little square. It was like seven feet of toilet paper that I've been dragging with me the whole time. I'm like, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? What have I done? I was like, oh, it was, anyway, life-defining moment in a bad way. See, I think, I think what we're experiencing right now, the whole COVID-19, this is a life-defining moment for you and I, for everybody. Now, how we respond to it determines whether it's going it to be a new normal that is good, hence a new normal, the title of this series, or it's going to be bad. And I think the choice is really up to us. When God really revealed to me this new normal series, I'm telling you, the first story I thought about was, was Paul. He, first, he was known as Saul. I thought about his story in the Bible. That's why I'm so excited about today. I'm so excited to give you this word because if anybody knew about a crisis, it was Saul. If anybody had been uh, just blindsided with something that he didn't see coming, like we have been, it was Saul. Okay? I hope you're ready. In fact, type I'm ready in comments. Say I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You got to type it right now. Let the Lord know you're ready to receive a word that is going to change your life because the word of God never returns void. Here we go. So Saul, let me set this up. Saul, he loves God. Okay. He's a religious man and, and, and he will do whatever it takes to eradicate these Jesus followers because at the point, at this point of the story, Jesus has risen from the dead. Okay. But, but most people aren't buying that. And Saul's one of them who doesn't buy that. In fact, he'll do whatever it takes to stop that, stop that cult from believing this. So he thinks he's doing what is right. That's where we pick up the story. The story is found in Acts uh, chapter 9, verse 1. So Acts is right after the Gospels in the New Testament. So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. And that's where we're at. So grab a Bible, grab your mobile app, whatever it takes, or we'll put it on the screen. But let's watch what God does. So this is where we pick it up. Verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath, and he's eager to kill the Lord's followers. Now understand, Saul didn't believe they were following the Lord. The reason it says that is because Luke 
wrote this, this book of Acts. The same Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke. But, uh, but Saul thought they were anything but following the Lord. So he goes to the high priest and he requests letters addressed to the synagogues right in Damascus asking for cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. Okay, that's another word for Jesus. He, any followers that he finds there, he wanted to bring them back, both men and women, in chains back to Jerusalem. So Paul gets the letters, and Paul takes off on a journey to a city called Damascus, and a crisis happens. He, he is literally, like I said earlier, blindsided by something he didn't see coming. Saul's not only blindsided, he's literally blinded. Physically, he is blinded. His sight is taken away. So he's blinded, and now God starts to have a conversation with another man who, who loves the Lord named Ananias. Okay, now that baby name is still available if you want to use that. But Ananias, he, uh, he loves God, and God is speaking to Ananias, talking about Saul. So listen to this. Go to, go to verse 11 now, Acts 9, 11. The Lord said to Ananias, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. I've read this scripture I don't know how many times. I don't know if I've ever noticed that there's street names in the Bible. I, I've never noticed it. Like, there's a street name. It's just, it just caught me off guard. It's like in a basic one. Straight, not Crooked Street, but Straight Street. It's kind of like, that doesn't get any simpler. Unless you live in Omaha, okay? Where I live, it gets simpler. You know, what? we have like uh, letters for streets. So you live on T Street? Is that, how's that spelled? T-E-E? Oh, no, no, just, just T. Just T Street. S Street. Okay, that's one of the reasons that God led me to Omaha, because I, I can get turned around. I'm directly challenged. Some of you know that. And I need it as basic as possible. In fact, it's, I get lost. I mean, you know it's bad when you're driving, and it's just you and Siri in the car, and all of a sudden she says, in 500 feet, please pull over and let me out. Okay, that's bad. Okay, I'm like, Siri, you ain't going nowhere. We're in this together. So, uh, whatever. So, I get turned around. Anyway. Focus, say focus. All right, here we go. When you get there, Ananias, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I love that. So, so God's having a conversation with Ananias. And as he's speaking to Ananias, he's like, yeah, I'm talking to you right now. But actually right now, Saul's praying to me. It's like sometimes we wonder, God, how, how can you hear my prayers? Seven billion people in the world and you care about me and you care about what's going on in my life. And you listen to me, all seven billion could pray at the same time and God would hear every prayer on purpose intentionally. That's how good he is. So God is hearing a prayer from Saul here. He's speaking to Ananias here. And isn't it funny how Saul is praying, how a crisis, a crisis has a way to bring you to your knees, one way or another, either in pain or in prayer. I want to get before the Father in prayer because we need him. And Saul knew he needed him. And in verse 12, it says, he says to Ananias, I have shown him, Saul, a vision of a man named Ananias, that's you, Ananias, coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Ananias listens to God and does what he says. Okay, if we do that, the world will change. You listen to God and do what he says, your life will change, I promise you. So, you know, what, you, know, you know what gets me though? Why did God speak to Ananias about Saul? Like, like why the middleman? Ananias doesn't even know Saul. Has nothing to do with him. It's God. God Saul's praying directly to God. Why wouldn't God just reach down and speak, speak directly to Saul? Or touch Saul? Or heal Saul? He can do it. He's God. But you know what, you know what I know? God uses people, say people. God uses people to carry out his purpose, okay? So he wanted to use Ananias. Ananias was important, and he didn't have to use him, but he wanted to. 
See, God wants to use you. God wants to use you to change somebody else. So Ananias does what God says. He goes, he meets Saul, he prays over him, and Saul is healed. He can see, but he can't just see. He doesn't just get his sight back. He gets his vision. See, there's a difference. There's a difference. He, he sees in a whole new way. You could say he had 20-20 vision. In fact, I need you to turn to somebody and say 20-20 vision. Turn to tell them, yeah. Type it in comments right now. Type 2020 vision. When you type it in, you know what you're typing? The title of today's message. 2020 vision. It's not about sight. It is way deeper than that. It is about vision. See, and know this and own this statement. When you act on faith, like Ananias did, and like others you're going to hear about, when you act on faith, others will be set free. Okay, when you act on faith, others will be set free. Over a dozen years ago, my wife had no idea when her hairdresser brought up going to church that she was planting a seed and acting on faith. It was probably a 15-second conversation that they had about this, but said, hey, you should come check out our church. I don't even think she knew that the marriage was unraveling. I don't think she probably even knew that I was a, a, a drug addict who just got out of rehab for the second time. I don't know if she knew any of that. But I do know that she had the faith to share her story, to share her hope in her church. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, I can't invite some, no one to church. We, we're not gathering for church. Listen, church is happening every day all over the place. And you, you, you know how you can share it? Share this. Share a message. Uh, get a hold of somebody through social media or texting. Um, we can, if you do just that little act of faith, somebody's going to be set free. She had no idea that what she would do would get us to enter into that church. It'd take months, but we did it. And then it would set us free in a marriage, in, in a dysfunction, in an addiction, in our lives. When you act on faith, others will be set free. Now listen to me. So, so Saul is changed. He has a vision, 2020 vision right now. And he still loves the Lord, but differently. He still loves word, but he sees it differently. See, he sees differently. Things are clearer now. So rather than looking through a lens of law and rules, all of a sudden Saul is looking through a lens of relationships and love. And that is a huge, huge difference. And he didn't have to talk about it. He was declaring it by what he was doing. Look at verse 21, Acts 9, 21. So, so all who heard Saul now preaching and talking about this Jesus, they were amazed. Of course they were. And they even say it. Isn't this the same dude who caused such devastation among Jesus? Followers in Jerusalem? Isn't this, didn't, isn't this the same guy that came here to arrest people and take them in chains to the leading priests? I love it. They knew he was different. Not because he had to say, I was blind, but now I can see. They, he didn't have to tell them anything. He was showing it to them. See, at the end of the day, I've said this before, but I got to say it again. It is not about what we declare, or excuse me, it's, it is not about what we declare, but is it about what we demonstrate that's going to make a difference in the world, okay? It's what you demonstrate that's going to make a difference in the world. And I'm telling you, the world's, the world's changing, whether you want it to or not. It's not going back to the way it was. Things are changing. I just, I just heard a couple days ago on the news, like for example, this is how much is changing. Camping is never gonna happen again. Like I, I heard this, like the campgrounds are never going to open. The, those public showers where everybody showers together, well, that's wrong in so many levels anyway, but that's never going to happen. Camping is over, it's done, okay? I'm just kidding. I didn't hear any of that. But seriously, camping is done for me. Okay. I, I'm just, it's never started for me. I, 
It's funny. One guy said to me, he said, Monty, you, also, you, you, you hate camping, but you think camping is like hanging out in a tent, sleeping on a rock. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I think. He said, it's not that at all. It's different. The campers are awesome. They're like, they're like little miniature homes and you get the air conditioning and you get the TV and there's a bathroom right there. And I'm saying, so you want me to leave my regular size home to go to like a hobbit sized home and just hang out for a couple days. That's what you want me to do? Okay. No, no thanks. I'm good. I, you, you go ahead, but I'm, I, I, what? Anyway, so yeah, we're okay. So things are going to be different. Say different. different. Things are going to be different. My question is, is anything going to be different with you? Okay, things that are happening in our world that are going to be new. A new new is coming, whether we want it to or not. God is asking you right now, what's going to be new with you? Like, what's going to change with you? What is changing? Saul's crisis, think about this for a second. Saul's crisis, what it did for him, it led to his purpose. See, what if God is wanting to show you something that he couldn't show you any other way? What if God wants to use you in such a way, like, I wrote it down this way. Don't you think it's possible that God wants to use what you're going through to propel you to all that he has for you? Don't you think that God might just be doing that in this? Man, the, and I, something I know about this, the new that God has for you, it's probably something way different than what you expect. Okay? Because you might expect, oh, I know this is going to be different. I know that's going to be different. I'll guarantee you there's a piece of this that you'll have. If you listen to God and you trust him, he'll show it to you but you'll have no idea. See, Saul would have never dreamed that he would be a proponent, one of the biggest advocates of this Jesus, the very thing he, he set out to destroy. He never would have dreamed it. But God wants to do something. God wants to do something in this. But can we agree, life is hard. I mean, uh, uh, let me illustrate this for you because everybody's gonna relate to this illustration. We all go through peaks and valleys, right? Say peaks. Peaks. Say valleys. Valleys. We got, we, we got them all, right? So, uh, some of us, we go through a lot of the same ones. Like, for example, if you're with me, like in my life, when I graduated high school, that was a peak moment. I thought, yes, I saw that signed diploma, and I thought, that's awesome. And then, a couple years later, I turned 21. Yes, that for another peak moment, right? But, but things happen in life, and, and maybe for you, you know, you, you turn 21, and that's a party, and all of a sudden, oh, you get a DWI. And that's not fun. I mean, not, I'm sure you didn't get one, but somebody else, somebody else that you probably know. So you get a DWI and, oh, that's down here. But then, but then you get a great job and it's awesome and you love your job and you love the people you work with. You finally have found something that you love, but you're still immature. You're still kind of jacked up and you lost the job. You screwed it up and now you lost the job and you're down here again. But then you find your soulmate and, oh, thank you, Jesus. You found him or her and she completes you and it's all awesome and you get married. Oh, and then you, you go on the honeymoon. Ding, 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 ding. I don't know why I just said ding, ding. But anyway, it's a honeymoon. You got to celebrate that. So the honeymoon is so good. And that's another peak moment. Oh, but then the honeymoon starts to kind of wear off and, and you're back down here. But, but then you, you have a child. And that's so good. Oh, and then the child starts to walk. And then the child starts to talk. And then the child starts to talk back. And, you know, it just, it's up and down, up. This, this, what you see here? This is life for most of us, for all of us, okay? Everybody goes through these, and God has designed it that way. So you get to this moment, and then all of a sudden, two months ago, COVID-19, right? And then we're thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? There's so many things unknown. We got quarantine. We got social distancing. None of this is making sense. And, and, and let's be real. Can we, can we be real for a second? Um, COVID-19 or the quarantine... Like when it first happened, it was kind of like, oh, 
This is an opportunity, right? Families, we get to gather together and kind of reestablish the family unit, which is true, which it, 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 that is a great thing. And we, and we plan it out. We think, oh my gosh, we get to reorchestrate everything because we're together and this is so fun. So, so, so Tuesday night, we're going to have categories. And Wednesday, I know, we'll do charades. It'll be fun. Charades are great. It's a pencil. No. A uh, diver. No. Yes! Ding, 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 ding. Another ding. It's a Washington Monument. Charades will be awesome. And then Thursday will be movie night and we'll pop popcorn and have candy and it'll be great. But all of a sudden the novelty a couple months later starts to wear off. And Tuesday is no longer like, like categories, but Tuesday all of a sudden the calendar says Tuesday night is uh, try not to kill anybody in your family night. Yeah! Yay! On Wednesday night, refer to Tuesday. Try not to kill. Yeah! So it changes a little bit, doesn't it? Oh my God. Okay, I'm gonna be straight with you. The whole communication thing and growing in our communication, it has happened to a level, but mine kind of took a turn for the worse this week. And I'm, I'm getting real with you. So I found myself working from home, which I've been doing for a while, like many of you. So I'm in my office and my wife is working upstairs in her office, Jody, and uh, her, AKA the bedroom up there. So she's up there, I'm downstairs, and I kid you not, I'm like asking about groceries or I don't even know something. And I text her and I'm like, I'm literally texting people in my same house. Now you might think, well, that's that you, maybe you've already done that. I mean, I'm praying for you if you do, but I thought to myself, I have just got to a whole new level of lazy. I mean, I'm texting somebody in my home because I don't want to get up. I mean, are you, what's next? Think about this. Are we think laying in bed together right next to each other, texting each other? I mean, I mean, what would that look like? Hey baby, what you doing? You know what I'm doing. I'm right here. Yeah. What do you want to be doing? Uh, what I'd like to be doing is getting about eight and a half hours of uninterrupted sleep. Yeah, I'm wide awake too. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Uh, if what you're thinking is like chucking your phone out the freaking window, then yes, I I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking. Ooh, playing hard to get. I like that. I'll show you hard to get. Give me that. Okay, that is, that is definitely a valley moment if it comes to that. I'm just saying. But seriously, some of you, this is exactly where you're at. You're in a valley. You're, you're in a place that you don't want to be and you're so desperate to get out. Like you're so desperate to get back to what you knew. But I'm telling you, this series is exactly that, that God has something new. Don't climb back to the mountain that you've already been to. God has something new for you. And I, I need you to know something. There are things in the valley that you can only learn in the valley. There are things in the valley that only grow in the valley. And God is wanting to show you something. God is wanting to teach you something. So don't rush it. Lean in. Don't give up. Listen to God. I promise you, if you do, eventually you're going to shout from the mountaintops what God is teaching you in the valley. I believe it with all my heart. God is moving in this. So we need to, we need to finish this out by, by taking you to chapter 16 of Acts. I want to show you something because Saul, who is now named Paul, is in another valley. 
See, valleys, e even after Jesus does something in you, you're still going to experience trouble. Jesus said it. You're just not alone. He's just with you. He'll guide you. He'll protect you. He'll show you things that he can only show you. So we go to Acts 16, verse 23. So Paul and his friend Silas are out preaching the word of God, preaching about Jesus Christ crucified and risen. It says, in, it says they were severely beaten, say valley. valley. That's a valley. They were thrown into prison, say valley. valley. In prison, that's a valley, you know. So not that I would know, but I, you know what I'm saying. So the jailer, listen to this, the jailer was ordered to make sure that Paul and Silas didn't escape. That was his one job. So he put them in the inner dungeon, clamped their feet, in stocks so they are they are in stocks they are in, in in they are in chains and on verse 25 they did something so countercultural, so different but that's what you'll do when jesus is in you around midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns remember a crisis you you can either let it drive you down in pain or you can focus on prayer right they focus on prayer they're praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners are listening. And then suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly, suddenly there was a massive earthquake, right? That's a crisis, an earthquake. That can't be good. But what does God do in the crisis? You mean he's working in the crisis? You mean he's working in that? He is working in that. So the, the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors, all the jail doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. So what happened? What are we learning? That, 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 that Paul and Silas, their faith, say faith, faith, their faith that they exhibit in jail, what's it do? It sets others free. So their faith is setting others free. Their, your faith is going to set somebody free today. See, and you might think, well, I don't have any faith. Lean in. God is going to give you a measure of faith that he can only get through his word. You ready for this? Here we go. So, verse 27. Th th remember, the jail's doors are open. Prisoners are free. What's the jailer's one job? Don't let what happened happen. Verse 27. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Something else I've never seen in God's word when I've read this over and over is what I just saw this week reading it. I'll read it again. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. He assumed. See, many people in a crisis assume the worst. We'll assume, oh my gosh, it's going to get worse from here. It's going to be bad there. It's the apocalypse that's coming. It's the end of the world. You know, in a crisis situation, most people assume the worst, okay? But not you. Not me, not people that want what God has for us. See, God is love. Okay, we could preach a whole nother topic on 1 John and I could show you that God is love, but just trust me and believe me. In fact, own it and type it in comments right now. Type three words, God is love because he is. So, so many people assume the worst in a crisis, but love assumes the best. Love always assumes the best. Love always assumes the best. So the, the jailer, he doesn't have God in him. He's assuming the worst. But listen to what Paul says in verse 28. But Paul shouts at him, don't, don't kill yourself. Don't do it. We're all still here. It's okay. In other words, I'm right here. We've got you. We're not going to let anything happen to you. So because, oh my gosh, I got to wait one more. I got to wait one more verse before I tell you what I want to tell you. Verse 29, the jailer calls for the lights and ran into the dungeon. He falls down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he asked this question, what, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Like, 
what must I do to have what you have? Like, you have the power to, like, cry out to God and sing songs and, and chains fall off? How do I get that? Can I tell you something right now? That power that was exhibited through Silas and Paul is the same power available to you. God's power, God doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. God's power doesn't change. And I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, if that's what you are right now, you have that same power living in you. And Paul tells the jailer, this is what he says. I wonder if he reflects back to what happened to him on Damascus Road. I never really told you what the crisis was, did I? See, the crisis that happened to Paul, that was Saul at the time, when he was heading to arrest Christians, well, the crisis is he got knocked down, but Christ raised him back up. See, it was Jesus he met that day on that road. And Jesus revealed himself to Paul in a way that he had never seen him before. Remember, he replaced his sight with vision. See, sight, check this out. Sight is a function of the eyes, but, 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 but vision is a function of the heart. What happened to Paul on that road, it changed his heart. It changed his heart. I, this is so meaningful because I think so many people up here, they think about Jesus and they, they believe, but, but in their heart, they know something's wrong. And Jesus, if you, if you feel that, it's like Jesus is saying, I want, I want to give you vision. I don't have just sight for you. I have a vision for your life. It is better and bigger than anything you can imagine. It's what he wants you to know. So, so Paul shares with the jailer, check this out. He says, believe in Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And the jailer does it. So the jailer has faith. And then you know what happened? Because of the jailer's faith, somebody else was set free. His whole family that day, you gotta read the whole scripture for yourself this week, do that. The whole family, his whole household was set free that day. They all called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and they were saved. So Ananias has faith. Paul is set free. Paul and Silas have faith. Everybody in the jail is set free. The jailer has faith. The household is set free. You see, you see it, don't you? All through crisis, all through bad situations. I don't think COVID-19 is a good situation. I won't pretend that it is. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that God doesn't want to work in it because he does. It's what he's in the business of doing. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I ain't going back. I'm not going back to what normal was. And I can't even tell you exactly. Like, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I can't tell you, oh, this is going to be different. I, just like Paul didn't, had no clue. There's parts of me about my life. I, 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 man, I don't have it figured out. Oh, I was reminded this week. I always, I always hate when I, when I struggle, like as your pastor. And if I'm not your pastor, man, I, I love you too. Thanks for watching. I, I think of where I was and a drug addict, now a pastor. And I'm like, I, got, I should have it all together. My faith should be restored. I should have faith like Paul. Like this, this week, like early in the week, I had one of these, well, probably here, maybe here. And I, I felt such a, a depression. I struggle with it. And I wish I could tell you that I've overcome it. I'm not alone in it. I can tell you that. But I chose to be alone in it for a little bit this week. Bad choice. I felt so empty and I think what it was is I miss seeing so many people like there's something about gathering where I can see God working in your life I can hear the stories I get to see you and you tell me and I I get to pray for you and I get to watch others pray with other people and I'm hearing stories of life change and I'm seeing people give their lives to Christ and because I can't see it see this is me showing you how I doubt 
and I don't have, I don't have it all together at all. Because, it, because faith isn't about seeing, it's about not seeing, but still believing. But I, was, I wasn't there this week, I just wasn't there. And, and it's like I need, I, and I was so, and my wife Jody knew something was wrong. And she's talking to me and I'm, I'm sharing with her. I said, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm like doubting, is God moving in this? I don't know, I can't see. And I just, I, feel, I felt so void. I don't know how else to say it. It sucked. I can tell you that it sucked. And she reminded me, she said, she said, you're, you're changing so many lives. And you know how people can tell you stuff? Oh, you're so great. You're so, but you're like, what, you know, what you're supposed to say you're my wife right and I just didn't feel it and, I, and God knew it and that day I get an email from a, from a girl in our church she's in Indiana right now and if you're follow us on social you've heard a little bit of the story already but I get an email and she says Monty we've been watching or I've been watching your message not just me in Indiana but a girl I know who's in Australia we've been watching messages I, well, I had no idea that they were even, I mean, I had no, knew none of this. And it's like God was saying, Monty, I know you're lacking. Here, I want to show you what's happening. I needed to see it. I wish I had the faith to say, I don't need to see it. I just trust God. His word's gone forth. But I didn't trust. And he loved me anyway. And he showed me through this email. And she's like, my friend is watching from Australia. And she's close. She's asking questions. She's looking up scripture. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's all I needed. I was like, okay, okay, thank you, God. I need to know that. Because sometimes I wonder, is it, are people changing? Is it helping? And I know it's not me. I get that. I know it's God. But I'm human like you. I struggle. And that was good enough. But God said, no, it's not good enough. See, God, he met my expectations by far, but he wanted to exceed them. And two days later, I get another email from the same girl. Monty, we watched the Mother's Day message. My friend gave her life to Christ. I led her to Jesus. She called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and she was saved. And I was like, okay, God, I get the message loud and clear. You're with them. Your word is going forth. Lives are being changed. And I'm talking to the person right now that you maybe felt like I felt this week. You feel desperate. You feel depressed. You feel anxious. You feel like there's nobody cares. Nobody's listening. There's no hope. I'm telling you, I felt all those things. And I'm leading the charge in this church. And that's how I felt. I'm telling you, God hears you. God is listening. And God will show you. You can't give up. You can't do it. Oh my gosh, the Spirit of the Lord. Like, Okay, I'm, I wasn't even going to do this till the end of the message, but I'm going to do something right now. I want to share the gospel with you. The gospel that was shared from Paul and Silas to the jailer. The gospel that was shown to Paul on a road to Damascus. The gospel that was shared by one girl to another girl in different, sta- in different continents, but yet changed lives. Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. The crisis is us. I'm the crisis. My heart, my dysfunctional, messed up mind is the crisis. My sin is crisis. And Jesus Christ came. That's why he came to Paul. That's why he showed himself to Silas. That's why he showed himself to Ananias. That's why he showed himself to everybody he shows himself to. And that's why he's he's showing himself to you today. Okay? God wants to show himself in a new way. Not just to give you sight. Not just to give you a belief or head knowledge here. But a heart relationship with him. So Jesus came and he died on a cross and he rose from the dead. And the Bible says anyone who calls on his name will be saved. See, there's somebody who uh, you're, you're leaning in just like that girl from Australia was leaning in. And you're begging for a sign. You're begging for a word. This 
is it. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. I'm just going to pray this and you just pray it in your heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word that doesn't return void. I, I admit I'm messed up. I admit that I've done things wrong and I still do things wrong, but I ask for you and your forgiveness to cover me, to forgive me. Enter into me, your Holy Spirit, and make me new. I believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on a cross, that he rose from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death. And I call on his name. Enter into me and make me new. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we all say, amen. See, now, if you prayed that right there in your heart, you, you chose Jesus as the, your Lord and Savior. If you did that, tell me. Remember, I need that. I want to know. I want to know so I can celebrate with you. Just type, I choose Jesus in comments. I choose Jesus. And if you don't want to put it in comments, just text it to me. 474747. Text, I choose Jesus. Don't bypass what I'm telling you right now. Don't just think, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Listen to me. If it's hitting you, if this word is resonating with you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. To you. Choose it. And yet, I know as I say that, there are people listening right now that you're still in a crisis situation. There are people listening right now wondering what you're going to do and how you're going get, to get out of a situation that you're in. You've allowed a crisis to cripple you in so many ways. You've allowed circumstances to start to define you. You've allowed disabilities to blind you. Some of you, like I like to do, You've allowed things you've done in your past to disqualify you from what God has for you. I still do it all the time. No way God could use some messed up drug addict like me. If we learned anything today in God's word, we learned this. God uses people with a past. Okay. Did, did, did Paul have a past? Okay. And some of you, even as I say that, you know what you're thinking? But I've done so many things and I've hurt so many people and the things I've done and the, and, and the places I've been, listen to me. Okay, Paul killed people, okay? Have you done that? Okay, now if you have, we love you. Don't put it in comments, but we want to pray for you and God can forgive you and he will and God will still use you. Do you know why? Oh, I came to tell somebody something. God is in the business of using people with a past to change the future. Come on, somebody. I declare that what lies before you is way bigger and way better than what's behind you. If you believe it, you can give God some praise for about seven seconds. Six, five, four, three, two, one. The Lord is moving. He's moving in you. He's doing something in you. I love, oh, what if Paul was here? I think about that. Man, I can't wait to get to heaven to meet him someday. But if you were to ask him, Paul, how? How does a, a, a die-hard Christian-killing Pharisee do a complete 180 and become this loving, relational, instead of killing and, and, and taking out the church, you, you raise up, you serve, and you build churches. How does this happen? I think if Paul was sitting here with us or sitting there with you, he would say something like, it was that road to Damascus that day. See, it was that day, that crisis that knocked me down. It was, it was Christ. In the crisis, it was Christ 
in the crisis. It was Christ in the crisis. And he, he raised me back up and he, he restored my sight. But, but it was bigger than that. It was this vision that he gave me for his church to explode. A church that would love people and reach people and, and, and be there for people. Encourage people. Love people. It's this church. His church. Is this church messed up? Yes, but it's still the bride of Christ. It's still his church. He would say that was it. That's what it was. I was all about religion, Paul would say, but no more. No more. It is about a relationship with the one who created me. It is about, it is about the one who not only created me, but in my dysfunction, he came for me. Okay? And not only in my dysfunction, but while I was still sinning, he died for me. And not only did he die for me, but in his grace and in his mercy, he rose for me. See, I was blind, but today I see. I was dead, but today I'm alive. I was in chains, but today I have been set free. And I'm here to declare that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Do you believe it today? I believe it. Say, I believe it. Type, I believe it. Oh my gosh. So here's, your, here's a question I have for you. What area of your life does your faith need to grow? In what area of your life is it, is it towards a relationship with Jesus possibly? Is it, is it in an area where you know you're lacking faith like I was lacking faith, wondering if God's word going through the airwaves and I couldn't see who it was hitting, if it was even doing anything. That's where I lack faith. That's what was, that was my problem. And, and you know what? Down the road, I'll probably have that problem again, but God will be with me and he will guide me and he will show me and he will show you too. What area? Own that. What area do you need to exhibit more faith? See, when you exhibit faith, when you own your faith and when you act on your faith, guess what? Others are set free. Others are set free. I don't want to be a church that just preaches a message about faith I want to be a church that acts on it. So this is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do, okay? I want to exhibit a little faith with you today. Something good about this crisis for us is we rented a spot. But we're not renting it right now because we're not meeting right now. And God's word is still going forth. And I think from what we learned, lives are being changed. And that's good. Now, will we gather again down the road? My guess is, yeah, we will. But right now, we're not able to, and we're not. So the good thing is, we ain't paying rent. And I like that. So we're saving some money that way. So, so my humanness says, okay, well, we better save that money. We better keep that money because, you know, people are losing jobs. Economy seems to be struggling pretty bad. And uh, so we better just kind of put that rent towards just a savings or whatever because we know that giving could certainly, like most are predicting, going to go down in the next few months. I don't care what the predictions are. I don't care. This is what I'm going to do. That money, whatever, that rent, a portion of it, all of it, I don't care. I want to pour it back into you, okay? I want to sow seed back into you and even people that aren't even part of our church, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm telling you that if you know somebody who they're, they're hurting, maybe they don't have a church home, maybe they do, whatever. If you know somebody that they are struggling and, and maybe it's rent, maybe it's bills, maybe it's, maybe it's not even financial, it could be something else. They need help around the house, they need whatever. This is what I want you to do. I want you to just nominate them, okay? How do you do that? Email us at hello at meadows.church. Email us at hello at meadows.church. I'll do, we'll do this every week until we gather again. 
that, 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 the, the, the money that we're saving in that, pour back out. I, I don't care. I, I, want, I want to make an impact. Jesus met, felt needs of people many times before he ever ministered to them. Healing people, feeding people. We want, we want to be a blessing to you. So who can we bless? I'm asking. I am asking. Nominate who you would like to bless. And we'll look at them. You know, we got to like have a vetting process or whatever. We'll look at it. We'll read over it. And we, I don't care if we'll use the, the resources that are available in the community. We'll use resources available through the church, through our life groups, through people. We'll do whatever it takes to walk with them. Whatever it takes. Okay? Is that fair? Nominate who you would like us to help. Who you would like us to love in a supernatural way. And you'll do it along with us, of course. But just email it. Just email it to us at hello at meadows.church. You can put the subject line. 2020 vision because this is our vision for 2020 for the time being until we until we gather again down the road someday our vision for this church for 2020 for right now is that that money that we're saving that way we ain't holding on to it i don't want to tempted to of course but that's not god god is a giver and i'll say to any of you that give financially through what god is doing through this church i just want you to know what we're doing I want to be open with you and I want to thank you. I, I, I want to thank you for your generosity and continuing to give during this time. But because of what you do, I'm going to keep doing this. We're going to keep, I, I want to be open-handed. I want to keep loving. I want to keep whatever it takes. Nominate people. I hope, I, I hope I'm flooded with emails. I truly do. We'll do whatever it takes, financially or otherwise. We love you and God loves you more. And I'll never stop telling you that. I'll never stop declaring that because he does. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much. Oh my gosh. So when we act on faith, we're learning, Father. Not only can we be set free, but others around us can be set free. I pray for anybody and everybody on the other side of this message, God. I pray that the words that they've heard, they will act on. That the words that have pierced their heart, they won't just let it leave. They won't just go on about their business, but they'll reflect on what you're telling them to do, what you've said. And they'll act on it, God, and allow it to change their life. I pray for people in the valley, God. I pray that you, they'll, they'll stop and watch what, what you're growing in the valley. Because that's where we grow. We don't grow on the mountaintops. We grow in the valley. Sure, I enjoy the mountaintops, and I'll take them all day long. But reality, when I reflect, it's the valley moments when I stretched, when I got close to you, when you allowed me to really grow in a way that I could not otherwise grow. And that's the same for all of us. God, help us as a church continually love in such a supernatural way to continually be open-handed. I pray for the people that are losing jobs. I pray for the people that are um, struggling with mental illness. I pray for the people that are uh, hurting relationally. I pray for families that even like mine, some days, God, are dysfunctional and, and stressed out right now. God, intervene. Show us your way. So, show us a new way. I guess you could say show us a new normal and let us step into it because we believe if we do we'll never be the same and we'll never stop declaring the best is yet to come in jesus name i pray and we all say amen, amen. god bless you hey i want to thank you so much for watching today 
I know I get pretty excited uh, throughout the message, but I can't help it, man. The word of God is so exciting to me. And I know this message really in particular is going to change lives. And actually you can help make that happen. I'm asking really, would you share this message with a friend? Like, like right now, God has given us the ability in this time and technology to literally click a button and change a life. And I, God's word, like we learned today, when it goes out, it never returns void. So share this message with anybody. It's gonna reach somebody on many different levels, I believe. Thank you for doing that. Also, thank you for the way that you give. Your generosity is changing lives. Like when you sow seed into that ministry, it's actually impacting people for eternity. So I thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. And maybe you've never done that, or if you want to do that, you can go to meadows.church and select the give button or hit that button and do it that way. You just, you just cannot give God though. So um, I love you. Thank you again for watching and God bless you.